0: hey everyone welcome back i'm jess
1: and i'm regan and this is you the podcast where you pick the movie and we take a deep dive into it learning everything we can about your recommendation today we're talking about the 1988 film beetlejuice
0: yes and sorry we took a week to get to it (laughs) <laughs> that's on me. That's my bad. But um, my schedule is finalized now. So hopefully, we won't run into those problems anymore. And uh, I only found because it, it's been slow news because of all the other news that's happening. Yeah. So, um, but I did find one that I thought you would appreciate. Um, I saw that they greenlit a new Cleopatra movie and they have Gal Gadot playing Cleopatra.
1: Yeah, they do. And, if I'm not mistaken, that's going to be directed by Denis Villeneuve.
0: Oh, it's your French guy.
1: Yeah, my, my French-Canadian guy from Blade yeah. Runner 2049.
0: So it's going to suck. <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: going to be visually amazing, Jess.
0: No, um, I will see it uh, because it's Gaga Dot. Um, it is causing some controversy, though. What, your history expert, I like to think. <laughs> Me, too. Uh, <laughs> um, some people are saying that the casting of her is. In an era where Hollywood is trying to be diverse, is the wrong call. However, it's my understanding that they don't really know what Cleopatra was too much. She definitely wasn't Egyptian. I know that.
1: So So, apparently, she was like at least half Egyptian, but also definitely half Macedonian, because that was like the ruling aristocracy at the time. I would say Gal Gadot, based on my like one step above limited knowledge, would be I think a good choice because I I just think that you know she's from sort of near that region. I don't see any reason why I would be upset about it.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. She is she's Israeli, um, and she. Is from like before all those countries were countries, like that whole area. So um, I think Liz Taylor playing it in the 60s <laughs> might have been a wrong choice, but oh, I mean, that's... it was the 60s. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's right up there with uh, John Wayne playing Genghis Khan. Exactly. Yeah, that's so, definitely the wrong call.
0: Um, but Liz Taylor did make that role iconic that is a what's the word that i use for those like 10 commandments and ben Hur and
1: oh like historical epics
0: yeah epics there we go
1: you know wow. it's it's funny because every time i see cleopatra in something like a movie or show she is like drop dead gorgeous and apparently if you read some primary sources that were like written by contemporaries around her she apparently was kind of plain but she was really smart and uh, I don't know it's just interesting
0: I find that really interesting I've heard that too that she was not like as gorgeous as media makes her out to be even like scrolls and stuff I think from back then like made her look in what was beautiful back then too so yeah, I think it would be cool I'm excited. Oh, yeah. Me too. Um, so back to our current movie. Here's our get to know you question this week. Did you ever watch the Beetlejuice cartoon?
1: Yeah, It rings a bell. I had completely forgotten all about it. But I, I want to say I might have seen like 30 seconds of an episode or something.
0: <laughs> uh, I used to watch it probably every chance that it was on that i could watch it (laughs) i I think it was on fox like one saturday morning or like it was a saturday morning cartoon i think on like a regular channel like abc fox nbc one of those and yeah i'm pretty sure i used to watch that and whatever else it was the 80s like everything became a cartoon and an action figure
1: oh yeah i was just gonna bring up like actually going back to hudson hawk you know, where it's like there was a video game made for that movie. It's like this is definitely in the era of like late 80s to at least mid 90s where everything that was successful got like a cartoon, a video game, you know, just trying to cash that as far as it will go. Oh, yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. Um, it was a simpler time back then. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So overview as if nobody knows what this movie is. If you don't, and this is your first time watching it, um, what's wrong with you? <laughs> and two, the spirits of a deceased couple are harassed by an unbearable family that has moved into their home and hire a malicious spirit to drive them out. It's somewhat accurate.
2: Yeah,
1: more or less.
0: They. Part of it is. It's funny because we'll get into it, but Michael Keaton's only in it for like 14 minutes.
1: (laughs) Yeah, for being like the title role, he's not really in the movie that much. No, I think uh, I I think it works better that way, you know, because every time he's on screen, you just can't stop watching
2: him.
0: Yeah, he is. It's a scene stealer. Like you're right. No matter what's going on, you're watching his mannerisms, his like just how he uh, talks what he's doing it's it's crazy um i can't remember the first time i saw this uh like i said last episode i i know i had a beetlejuice nightmare at (laughs) a young age (laughs) so um this time instead of watching my my dvd we watched a pop-up video version that was on freeform um which is a cable network show that just plays like old movies all the time um And did did you ever watch Pop Up Video, back on VH1 in like the late nineties, early two thousands? Oh
1: yeah, I love that.
0: Yeah, it was exactly like that. You know, it would give like a real fact, and then it would just like say really silly stuff about like what was going on. (laughs) It was it was a fun experience to to watch it like that. I can imagine. So, and it was new, a new experience. So it wasn't like watching the same movie i've seen i watch it every year so
1: (laughs) it's fun it's always nice um watching pop-up videos about anything if you've already seen the movie that's awesome if you're seeing it for the first time i feel like that pulls away from the experience
0: oh uh, yeah absolutely like the mummy one is an awesome one to watch but don't watch it if it's your first time watching the mummy oh yeah um something else i realized while watching it this time was how great the scene is. You know, when they open the door in the attic, because they don't know what's going on, and they say they draw a door to go try to find Juno, mm-hmm. um, and then they go through all that side, like the underworld or whatever it is, and then they come back out, and time has passed. That is an excellent way to show time passing without showing time passing.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, because it's kind of like the spirit world's kind of beyond time. And uh, you might not realize exactly how many months are have gone by when you've been on the other side for, like, five minutes.
0: Yeah, I, I, it really blew my mind. Like, I never really noticed that before or, like, never really clicked. And just watching, like, how it was filmed and everything was, was great. Um, also the dinner scene is my all-time favorite scene in any movie
1: (laughs) (laughs) i like anytime you see beetlejuice it's like stuck in the model area like that's i don't know why but that those parts always get me
0: speaking of that model area um why did they use shovels why didn't they just like pick up the (laughs) model pieces (laughs) (laughs)
1: i think it's funnier that way honestly i love that part
0: we my wife was like commenting on that the whole time she's like why are they doing that
1: (laughs) it might be that you know they're too small to pick up those pieces because maybe i think if i'm remembering correctly they were like shrunk down into the model
0: yeah it's just it makes me
1: laugh
0: (laughs) um any other standout scenes for you, or your favorite parts? Or... I don't
1: know, besides all of them? <laughs>
0: <laughs> it really is like an overwhelmingly really well done movie.
1: It feels like it's longer than an hour and a half, but like in a good way.
0: Yeah. Um, I think every piece of it, Tim Burton really like had a say in like the lighting, the camera angles, little things that go on. Um, I think this was before Batman. Yeah. And right after uh, Pee Wee's Playhouse or Big Adventure or something like that. So he like this was him like getting into the becoming who he was.
1: Yeah, this or is I guess. <laughs> this is actually what got him noticed to eventually direct Batman.
0: Yeah, um, let's talk about this cast, though, and how young Alec
2: Baldwin is.
1: <laughs> He's so young in this that my wife actually only this past time we watched it put it together that, that was Alec Baldwin.
0: <laughs> my my wife goes, "I'm sorry, I can't tell you one Baldwin from another."
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, um, Gina Davis, uh, who is a literal genius uh really picked some weird movies in the 80s yeah um she's a member of mensa which is that genius group and you wouldn't think it by the movies she was in in the 80s like the fly earth girls are easy this
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know it's funny cuz we also watched the fly recently and i forgot that she was in that but funnier than that um my wife and mother-in-law forgot just how much body horror is in the fly so they're like oh yeah jeff goldblum this'll be fun and i'm sitting there like oh, oh you don't remember oh no one threw up though
0: i have not ever seen the fly oh really actually well yeah. in that
1: case ignore everything i just said it's
2: awesome <laughs> um
0: no it's on my list it's on my list of things to watch eventually one day if we're maybe if we're in another quarantine <laughs> <laughs> I'll go through more terrible 80 movies there you go um Catherine O'Hara who plays uh, Delia she really like she's she's always kind of been like an indie person she did a lot with um Eugene
1: oh yeah Eugene
0: remember his last name yeah Eugene Levy um that whole group of people Um, That came up through, I don't know if it was Second City or another comedy thing, but she was like, always did a lot of indie stuff. But the 80s, like she became huge with Home Alone in this movie. (laughs) Um, And then recently has is enjoying a resurgence of success with Schitt's Creek, which is also with Eugene Love. Oh,
1: yeah, that's actually, I think, one of the best shows that came out in the past six years.
0: We made it through, I think, three seasons, and then for some reason, it just like fell off our our playlist or watch list. I'll probably go back and watch it, but my wife didn't really enjoy it. So okay, but I think that it had some some fun parts. Um, I think she plays just an older version of this character in it.
1: <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> I
0: love it. Um, Michael Keaton is. And always will just be Beetlejuice. And that's all he'll ever be.
1: Beetlejuice and Batman. That's the crossover I want. In (laughs) outrageously hilarious Batman.
0: There you go. Yeah. Even like watching... Spider-Man. The... Not far from home. Homecoming. um, Where he played the villain guy. You, You can even see... Beetlejuice in that character. <laughs> Just in his like mannerisms again. And I think that goes to saying because he what like ninety percent of what he did was ad lib.
1: Yeah, something like that.
0: Yeah, it's crazy. Um and we're a writer as Lydia who uh was a perfect choice i think i think she pulled it together really well even though she went a little crazy with all the stealing after
1: <laughs> didn't it? so what'd you steal what what's the weirdest thing? <laughs> oh you oh, don't know that no, story I, I certainly don't
0: <laughs> um she went to jail or was charged with uh stealing from uh really like high-end stores i think hang on let me let me pull
1: it up. Oh, okay. So it wasn't like she stole some things from set. This was like klepto.
0: <laughs> yeah. Wow. She was a kleptomaniac. Um shop yeah, she was shoplifting. I'm going to pull up the article here. Um She was convicted of shoplifting. Um I think it was $5,000 worth of designer clothes. From Saks Fifth Avenue in Beverly Hills in December 2001.
1: Jeez. <laughs> okay.
0: Yep. She was sentenced to three years supervised probation, 480 hours of community service, and fined uh, $2,700. And she had to pay compensation to Saks for the stolen items and undergo counseling.
1: Huh. That's, that's something. So.
0: Yeah, I remember when, like, it was the big news. um, It was, like, yeah, 2001, and it was, like, really big news for a while. There wasn't a lot going on yet, (laughs) but soon there would be in 2001, but this was before that, so I'm surprised you didn't know that. Well, dropped a little trivia on the trivia there.
1: (laughs) For some um, context, I was 11 when that happened, so... (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah. That's right. I don't remember a lot from uh, 2001.
0: That is true. I was 17, <laughs> so a bit of an age difference. <laughs> a little <there>. bit. <laughs> um yeah, those are the main the main guys. They're it's it's, it's a fun. Good the guy that plays the dad, I can't remember his name but I know he's part of that whole group, too. Like, uh, he did a lot of indie stuff.
1: Jeffrey Jones. Yeah, I've never known his name before, literally right now, but um, yeah, I've seen him in so many movies. The only other one I can think of off the top of my head is another Tim Burton movie, Sleepy Hollow.
0: Yeah, and I think Tim Burton's uh, one of those directors, again, like we've said, like works with the same group of people a lot of the time, so... You'll see familiar faces pop up in those movies often.
1: I bet that's nice. Uh, you know, you you're working with yeah. people who already know kind of like what you're about and what kind of shots you're going for and stuff like that.
0: Oh, I'm sure it makes the filming process much easier. And then you like if you know your people good enough, they can just riff off <laughs> each other, yeah, and just see what happens. Um, so this movie actually was it actually did win an Oscar
2: yeah
1: it did
0: for uh, best makeup and it was up against one of your favorite movies Scrooge <laughs> and uh, Coming to America so I don't know why Coming to America <laughs> was even nominated I was but just
1: trying to work that whatever. out of my head like who <laughs> how do you justify that <laughs>
0: Yeah, that was was that that was the uh, Dan Aykroyd one, right? Or was that the Eddie Murphy, Eddie Murphy. one? Okay, Dan Aykroyd is trading spaces, yeah.
2: right? Yep.
0: Similar concepts, though I believe in those movies. Both great movies. I haven't seen them in years. I think this Thanksgiving, though, I'm going to watch a movie I haven't seen, and this is why it'll come around. Um, I'm going to watch Planes, Trains, and Automobiles.
1: Hey, there you go. Because
0: I have not seen that. You know,
1: there's not really a whole lot of Thanksgiving movies available that are, you know, specifically Thanksgiving movies, but I have noticed that Planes, Trains, and Automobiles is definitely one, and I noticed that Spider-Man 1, like Sam Raimi Spider-Man 1, also takes place around Thanksgiving, so technically, I think that could be called a Thanksgiving
2: movie. (laughs)
0: Any I have I listened to other podcasts that they're like they do any movie that has like a Thanksgiving scene <laughs> in it, they'll consider it for a Thanksgiving yeah, there movie. You go.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Norman Osborne Cutting a Turkey, Thanksgiving movie.
0: Yeah. Right? Exactly. Um, so yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. It did win a lot of the science fiction academy awards and it was nominated for a lot of those too. Um but because they won an Oscar, I only brought up the Oscar once. So. Um, this was a, a fact that was on the pop-up movie. Was Beetlejuice was the first DVD sent out on Netflix in
1: 1998. Huh. Well, that's pretty cool. I, I, w- I wouldn't have guessed Isn't
0: that. it? Out of the millions of movies... This was the first one to be sent in the mail. Well,
1: um, someone has good taste out there.
0: Yeah. Can we just say how Netflix ruined movie stores and going to the video rental place on a Friday night? <laughs> we we can
2: there.
1: admit that for sure. Do I actually miss them? Not so much, because I think the, like the last three dvds i rented from family video all didn't work by like two-thirds into the movie (laughs) so there's there's only so many times (laughs) that i can just like eject the disc blow on it wipe it on my shirt and put it back in before yeah i went back to the store let them know what the problem was and like okay well you can just pick another movie to make up for it and then like two times that happened again
0: wow that's a sad Moment. yeah
1: i feel for you <laughs> i never got to see the ending of eastern promises how will i go on
0: um i own Ooh. it so i can send there it we are you. <laughs> <laughs> um i have my own movie rental place in my house <laughs> i'm gonna bring back the movie rental place with the sending out dvds i'll just send out my own oh, there pack.
1: you go and now I'm suddenly worried. If you send me one, it's kind of crap out two thirds into the movie. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, um, yeah, I'm I, I do miss going to the movie rentals and renting stuff.
1: I miss going to so, the movies.
0: Um, I miss going to the movies too, and I'm never going to be able to go to the movies again because. The Regal next to my house is one of the Regals that closed forever.
1: Yeah. I'm I'm pretty sure the one in Watertown's closing and that's like the only game in the area.
0: Yeah. I will have to go to the AMC in Amherst and I don't <laughs> want to. <laughs> I just don't want to. <laughs> um the I've actually been watching a lot of VHSs lately. As this is as we go on a sign tangent of printing movie, movies. <laughs> okay. Uh and I just wanna say I love having no load times and just putting it in and pressing play. And it's there.
1: That is nice.
0: I do not like rewinding
1: <laughs> movies. <laughs> yeah, that's that's not great. But I, I will admit there is a certain uh, you know, amount of nostalgia I get when I even see VHSs in like a dust sleeve or something. It's just, you know, fond memories of a bygone era.
0: Mm-hmm. And I have a copy of The Mummy mm-hmm. Sealed on VHS now. There you so. go. <laughs> Life is complete.
1: <laughs> so you obviously have the most valuable thing you own, secure, so that's good.
2: Yeah.
0: Yes, yeah. It's... It's fantastic, and I will make sure to leave that specifically in my will somewhere in the future, because we all know it's going to be worth something. So,
1: <laughs> Well, I hope so. As a national treasure of a movie, I hope so.
0: <laughs> uh, I should send it to Brendan Fraser and ask him there to sign you, you
1: it. You might just do it.
0: If anybody out there can help with that, all 18 <laughs> of you that listen. <laughs> uh, Alright, moving on. Um what's your which you go, you go. Okay. I give a couple.
1: So um Michael Keaton actually admitted that this is his favorite film that he's ever done. And like you said, he ad-libbed about 90% of his lines, which I think is hilarious and a testament to him. Um conversely, Absolutely. Alec Baldwin doesn't like the film because he's very unhappy with his own performance.
0: Well, yeah, he's not Alec Baldwin yet in that movie. Fair.
1: Yeah. He's he's just some like, actor. <laughs> he hasn't metamorphosized yeah. into Alec Baldwin.
0: No. Cuz he Alec Baldwin as he got older, I think really honed in on stuff. Like if you look at his character <laughs> from 30 Rock and his like Trump character, like he's Definitely a certain type of actor. And I think he was just kind of learning in this movie. But I think he's great. I still really
1: enjoy him in this. Um, (laughs) Also, hilariously enough, this movie was also called something else. So the studio originally wanted to call it uh, House Ghosts, which is the blandest, most vanilla name I've ever heard of. (laughs) But it's like also right on the money. But so uninteresting. As a joke, though, Tim Burton suggested it be called Scared Sheetless and was horrified when the studio was actually considering that
0: i I feel like that's the wayans (laughs) brothers trying to make make this movie because like with their scary movies and they did a haunted house
2: oh yeah Uh,
0: i'm just gonna say it those uh the first
1: like four scary movies i think are hilarious i'll rewatch those any day of the week
0: the first two are my favorite and then there's a scene in the third one, uh, when she's in the office and that the office girl turns around and she has no jaw. <laughs> that scene like busts me up every time I watch it.
1: It's funny because my favorites oh. are actually the last two, like three and four. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> That's because you were only Eleven when the first yeah, one came out. <laughs> that so. is true.
1: By the time we got, <laughs> I had seen almost every movie they were making fun of.
0: Yeah, so uh, it's. I love those movies. I love spooky when movies. they're done
1: well. Um, absolutely, I think
0: when they're think done the well. Lowest
1: ranked movie on IMBD might be Disaster Movie, which is like, uh, it's like a similar. Type of scary movie ripoff, but for like disaster movies. And that movie in itself was a disaster and is unwatchable.
0: Yeah, uh, I have seen that one. I've also, actually, I think (laughs) I probably own that one. Um, Meet the Spartans (laughs) is pretty, is really bad, but I love it. Um, Not Another Teen (laughs) movie is like one of the OG ones. And that's got Chris Evans. In a very compromising <laughs> position, which I think is hilarious. <laughs> and then my other one that I really love is Date Movie with Allison Hannigan plays the main character in that one. And it's like a spoof off Bridget Jones's huh. diary and, on, and all like the romantic comedies ones. And where you don't like romantic comedies like me, like that is hilarious because it calls out every single <laughs> trope. I mean, it's not great, but it's a hilarious movie. I get that. So. Um, what's fun, like the details in this movie go really deep. Like, when um, there's a couple things, all the people in the waiting room and in the office are in the same condition as when they died. So, like, you have the guy with the <laughs> cigarette that burnt up, you have the girl that got sawed in half. Um, you have the shrunken head guy you have a guy who choked on the chicken wing Uh, just a bunch of stuff like that but he didn't want to keep the Matlins who drowned Um, he didn't want to keep them wet because he felt like that would be too uncomfortable and just not be well for the movie
1: hey you know what I think that's a good call
0: yeah Yeah, that definitely was a good call. But that
1: is one of my favorite details about the movie is just how much care was put into thinking about stuff like that, because it totally makes the movie better knowing that when you're on the, you know, the other side Um, and just the fact that I think somewhat it might be Otho references like the handbook or something like if you kill yourself, you become a bureaucrat in the afterlife, which is just kind of funny to me.
0: Yeah, and it's uh, expanded on in there. So like when they uh, when Adam and Barbara go to the other side, the receptionist who is like Miss Argentina, um, she she goes, "I wouldn't have had my little accident." Like she goes, "If I had known what I know now, I wouldn't have had my little accident." And she holds her wrists up, and you can see that she's like yeah, she cut herself. Like she she cut her wrist, and now she's like a receptionist
1: <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> forever.
0: So um, but another thing like in the background when they're um, down there or in on the other side, you can hear over the PA system. It goes flight 409 is arriving at gate three. This is in reference to the United Airlines flight 409 that crashed into a mountain in Wyoming on October 6th in 1955, killing all passengers and crew. And at the time, it was one of the worst plane crashes in history. And up until then, uh, three plane crashes in 1955 had a total of 66 casualties and to this day no one knows why it crashed but like just background details even that no one would would notice are based in fact
1: yeah i feel like that's a an inside joke for whoever can recognize that event you know like i don't want to yeah. say an easter egg but kind of like an easter egg <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah, I, w- I would classify it as an Easter egg. Like if you're a aviation expert
1: <laughs> or a plane crash aficionado, that's true. Um, speaking yeah. of the waiting room, though, um, at the end of the film, the magician's assistant that was chopped in half, um, the leg half of her, which Beetlejuice tries to feel up, is actually played by Tim Burton's then girlfriend.
0: Which was not Helena Bonham no. Carter.
1: I don't know who it was, but, no, but Yeah, I know she's like
0: Ex wife oh, really? now, I think. Yeah, I think hmm. they got divorced. Or they split up. Let's fact check <laughs> that right now while you while you go with another okay. clue. Or it's not
2: clue, <laughs> but you know what
1: I mean? <laughs> we'll get to the end of this mystery. Uh, <laughs> i love that um oh speaking of something like that um so this is a blooper that they actually ended up keeping in the movie during the graveyard scene after um Balt, you know Alec baldwin gene davis leave and beetlejuice gets mad and kicks the tree originally the tree wasn't supposed to tip over but on that take, Keaton kicks the tree, falls down and he ad-libs, you know, a nice effing model and like grabs his crotch. And the <laughs> <laughs> to the designer, he was saying that to the designer who <laughs> messed up and Burton loved it so much he left it in the movie.
0: Yeah, I <laughs> love that line. And fun fact on top of your fact, it was one of the few movies to have an F-bomb in it during a PG-13, one of the few PG movies to have an F-bomb in it during the PG-13 era.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I noticed that when I, uh, so a little background, I've only almost only ever seen this on TV. um, And so when I watched it at the drive-in again, over the summer, that was like the first time I had heard that in my life. And that, (laughs) that threw me through a loop because I knew that this was supposed to be a PG movie. And, uh, they don't make them like they used to.
0: They sure don't make them like they used to. If you watch any PG movie before the PG-13 era, wow, those are <laughs> scary. <laughs> yeah,
1: even like the Goonies. Like uh, It was a double feature, Goonies and Beetlejuice. And even in that, there's like more swearing than I ever knew was that in the actual movie.
2: Yeah, that's
0: crazy. Um, Burton and... In- Bonham Carter began their relationship two thousand one when they met on the set of *Planet of the Apes*, which I forgot that monstrosity ever came out because that was a terrible <laughs> version of *Planet of the Apes*. Um, but they were in a long-term relationship. They never married, and they split in December hmm. two
1: thousand fourteen. Which that's too bad because they're like the perfect creepy couple.
0: They really are. I'm pretty sure they were in a three-way relationship with Johnny Depp at Mm -hmm. this point, too. Yeah, I'd buy that. (laughs) Absolutely.
1: (laughs) Oh, so here's something weird. Uh, Originally, Tim Burton wanted Sammy Davis Jr., a favorite star of his since childhood, to play the title role as Beetlejuice. And guess who didn't like that at all? The studio. (laughs) That would have (laughs) been...
0: I mean <laughs> I don't think yeah. I would have liked that at all.
1: Yeah, that that would have been weird.
0: <laughs> we're we're talking Sammy Davis Jr., the guy that sang with uh that was part of Rat
1: pack. the, the run in pack, the same,
0: Right? With his raspy, y- yep. weird yep. voice. <laughs> no. I'm glad the studio <laughs> said no. <laughs> <sighs> Uh, um, the budget the visual effects budget was just one million dollars a major factor in Tim Burton deciding to make the effects look as tacky and B-movie as possible which they absolutely do
1: and I like that about the movie too because it, it kind of it's not just that the effects are so like cheap but it kind of plays into like an aesthetic style that the movie has you know
0: yeah um all of his everything in that house once they flip that house is like like all her sculptures <laughs> yeah. are awful and it looks like they had just had a child be like make whatever you want and we'll put it
2: in here and that's where <laughs> the budget
1: went <laughs> well money well spent actually um yeah. the dinner sequence uh Tim Burton feared that the uh, Deo sequence, where they all sing (laughs) like that, wouldn't go over well. And uh, in his opinion, it wasn't very funny. And he turned out to be wrong, but not only wrong, but that became one of, like, the most iconic scenes of the movie.
0: And I guarantee you cannot hear that song without thinking of that movie, or trying to do, like, (laughs) the little dance. Yeah,
1: you're absolutely right.
0: Because... I have that on my playlist for work. And every time it comes on, I have to stop and like do the little like <laughs> dance.
1: Doing thing. the day, doing the day, o shuffle.
0: <laughs> yeah, it is. I love it. And that's that. But the shrimp hands scare me. And that was, did they, did I read that that was filmed yeah. backwards? Because they,
1: I, I think it, I can't remember why it was. uh, I I think a good way to have the shrimp like still stick to their faces after like, or what was it? I know that they had hands underneath the table that were in basically like shrimp arm sleeves that would like inst. So like instead of uh, grabbing and pulling their faces down, they were like pushing it back up because for some reason it looked better that way. Mm,
0: Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Um. Sad story though. When Otho died, the real the person that played Otho died in I think it was two thousand ten. They played that Aww. song at his funeral.
2: Yeah, yeah exactly. Sad
0: sweet.
1: So, oh, so um, speaking oh. of things that died, the uh, box office success created plans for a sequel that was gonna be. I don't know if this was the working title, but it was called Beetlejuice Goes Hawaiian. And the script was commissioned. Uh, Michael Keaton Winona Ryder both signed on to reprise their roles. And Tim Burton actually lost interest in the project and went on to direct Batman and Batman Returns instead. So, mercifully, that idea died. But as late as 2015, Warner Brothers is still trying to get that sequel made. Not necessarily the Hawaiian bit, but just like a Beetlejuice sequel.
0: (laughs) I really hope they don't (laughs) keep that title. (laughs) Um, But in 2018, they did a um, musical. The musical started, it started in Washington and then it went to Broadway in 2019. And if you caught the Macy's Parade, The year, not last year, but the year before, um, you could see the, one of the main musical numbers in it and it, it looks pretty good. Um, I've only seen the one musical number done, uh, but the characters that they have are all like, they look like the characters from the movie and it looks like it didn't stray too far from the source material, um. So if you are looking for a newer take on it, uh, I would definitely recommend checking that out. Uh, You might be able to find a bootleg thing
2: since nobody can go (laughs) see musicals.
1: You know, it's funny. I don't particularly like musicals, but I did recently watch Sweeney Todd, which was a Tim Burton musical in like 2007 with Johnny Depp. And that was actually really good. That's right, and
0: Helen A Bottom Carter. <laughs> um, we are a big musical family here. Sweeney Todd is one of my kids' favorites, and my wife's favorite actually because she really likes Johnny Depp. Um, but yes, we are musicals are fun. I'm telling you, you got to watch Repo: <laughs> The Genetic you were Opera. You're just
1: capping your sentence with that. Musicals are fun. <laughs> I'm telling you, they're fun. Mandatory fun.
0: Uh.
2: Oh, they are really I'd... fun,
0: though, but if you like Sweeney Tide, I think you would like
2: we okay. like I mean really that's, do.
1: that's on my radar. I don't know if I'll pull the trigger on that i I did um end up seeing the Rocky Horror Picture Show over the last weekend
0: don't <laughs> you don't you better watch what you say.
2: You watch what I, you well, say, I'll boy. say
1: that I'm glad I saw it, but I think that if given the opportunity to watch it again, I would rather um, become a bureaucrat in the afterlife. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, oh, that's sad. That is one of our favorites. I actually was introduced to Rocky Horror almost 20 years ago. Uh, my, my wife showed it to me for the first time. And for the past five years, we couldn't go this year, obviously, because of uh, COVID, but we would Mm. go see it live every year um, where they play the movie and then people act it out in front of you, too. And like they throw everything like the live experience is awesome. But yeah, this is one of our that's one of our favorite movies. And we I actually bought the 45th anniversary Mm -hmm. Blu-ray edition and we watched we watched that this year, and it was like watching a whole new movie. Like the details and the colors and the songs, and how you, you can hear things that you couldn't hear before. It was it was done really really well.
1: So essentially, um, so. what I'm gathering is um, this is this is uh, my version of how you feel about Blade Runner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there,
0: there we go. There, there we go. We have. <laughs> we exactly. each have our own. So <laughs> All right, I'll allow that. I'll allow it. So um another fun thing about the filming is um another on the afterlife side in Juno's office when like towards the end when she's speaking to the the football team which has its own little Thing. The football team represents actually the Marshall football team that died in 1970 in the plane crash. They just changed how they died and hmm. the colors, which I thought like I didn't know that until I read it, and I was like, "Ooh, some of this might be a little touchy for people." But anyway, um, when they're when she's talking to them, you can see a movie theater full of ghosts through Jono's <laughs> office window, and when the film was released in theaters, the scene created the illusion that living and dead audiences could see each other among the ghosts in the audience are a red skeleton and a green skeleton identical to the one seen in Tim Burton's awesome movie, Mars attacks, which is one of the best alien movies I've ever seen. Um, a woman with red hair and two men in suits and Ray-Ban style sunglasses, AKA the blues. Brothers.
1: (laughs) Well, that's cool. That's really cool.
0: I didn't notice that. Yeah, so I don't think that's something you'd time. normally
1: notice unless you knew it was there. That's really cool. Yep.
0: Um,
1: so yeah, this awesome. this next fact actually cleared up some confusion that I had originally where uh, Beetlejuice's name is often misspelled because he doesn't want to be summoned by just every <laughs> everyone who happens upon his name and unintentionally says it three times. And uh, the Maitlands, you know, the main couple of the story, they only learn how, how to pronounce it once he broadcasts a radio commercial specifically to them, or a television commercial, something like that. Which I thought was interesting, because the original spelling of his name, because I remember Gina Davis was like, she had a flyer or something, and she's like, what's uh, Beetle Geis? And I was like, that's a weird, you know... That's like a failed reading in third grade kind of reading a Beetlejuice. And then I realized that originally it was supposed to be <laughs> B-E-T-E-L-G-E-U-S-E, which, yeah, that's really weird. But they changed that for when they were marketing the movie because they didn't... Uh, Beetlejuice was just kind of a funnier title, and everyone gets that. You don't really know what a Beetlegeist would be.
0: Yeah. I know. That's I I always thought that too. I was like, why do they spell it like that in the movie? But then the title's mm-hmm. like Beetlejuice.
2: And
1: now we know.
0: So Yeah. And it kind of ties into when he's doing the charades yeah, with Yeah, uh, Lydia.
1: Beetle orange Beetlejuice. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, beetle breakfast, oh,
1: actually, yeah, speaking of beetles when Adam uh, and Barbara are exchanging like wrapped presents, barbara's uh has like her wrapping paper has beetles on it,
2: yeah, oh, I
0: didn't even notice there's an Easter egg <laughs> that qualifies as an Easter egg <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, oh, there's a squirrel a puppy. outside, and my going crazy,
0: yeah. My dog is lazy, but he is. Um, The skeleton on the head of Beetlejuice's merry-go-round looks remarkably like Jack Skellington, uh, which is Tim Burton's main character from Nightmare Before Christmas, which he had been drawing in 1982. (laughs) I did not notice it. So again, something else I'm going to have to look at.
1: I noticed that Um, there was something weird on top of his head that reminded me of a hood ornament but I didn't have enough time to really process all the things that were happening in that moment but that's really cool I didn't realize that that had been like an idea in his head for so long
0: yeah just goes to show don't give up it took him 11 years before yeah. he would make Nightmare Before. Which
1: Christmas. I will admit is a pretty solid musical. Again, I don't like many, but that, yeah. maybe it's just Tim.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um. Um, so here's something to think about Here, uh, Gina Davis was not the first person to be asked to do Barbara. Um, Kiersey Alley was the first choice which in the (laughs) 80s I'll give that to her All right, Um, but Cheers wouldn't let her out of her contract to take the role and then look at this list of people that I could not imagine being maybe, maybe one of them and I'll let you guess which one that I could imagine being this so the other people that were considered for the role were Sigourney Weaver, Linda Blair, Goldie Hawn, Laura Dern, and Linda Hamilton. All 80s <laughs> like superstars, but only one of them, I feel, could have done the role justice. Sigourney Weaver, days.
2: maybe? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: no. <laughs> You're wrong. Okay, yeah. Goldie Hawn. I, I
1: will say, after seeing her in Death Becomes Her, I think that she could definitely pull something like that off
0: yeah um, I'm also with, with Goldie Hahn overboard <laughs> with Kurt Russell she does she does comedy like really well everybody else on that list with the exception of maybe Laura Dern because like I was only introduced to her in Jurassic Park <laughs> I didn't know her like 80s stuff but everybody else Either action stars or Linda Blair was what the I think so. person. So I don't know, but I, I couldn't imagine Sigourney Weaver like she just did Alien, Aliens, <laughs> or the third or fourth Alien. I don't know, but she was doing wow.
1: those. Oh, a uh, bonus fact about Sigourney Weaver: she apparently signed signed on to do uh, Aliens three and four in an attempt to stop. Alien versus Predator from being made.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I would like to hear her thoughts on when a- the first Alien vs. Yeah, Predator—I'll I'll agree. Awful. It's
1: I actually enjoy watching it.
0: The second <laughs> one is awful. <laughs> Like it jumps the
2: shark, which so sucks bad. because
1: the way that AVP ends, like that ends with like a pretty significant cliffhanger, and to just completely screw that yeah. up in the sequel is very disappointing.
0: Um, a movie I watched this past weekend, weekend, uh, that reminds me of Predators, mm-hmm. you know, the one with Adrian Brody in it, um. They just released, It's I think, the sixth <laughs> one in the series, but uh, Tremors, Shrieker Island. No. I Don't even knock Tremors, dude. You misunderstand. Tremors. I,
1: I love Tremors. Okay.
0: <laughs> okay. No,
1: not All yet. All right.
0: Did you watch this one yet? Oh, watch it. <laughs> is it Brit is still in... fantastic. Ah! It is. He is. Oh, no. He is, but... Okay. But, and I can't okay, tell you the fair. but until you watch it. So... Um, but it reminded me of predators, just because of how everything works on it. I think this weekend I'm actually going to watch the uh, the Arctic one because that's the only Arctic one I haven't one? seen yet. So, yeah, there's another one. Uh, <laughs> Whole, Wait, day, in Whole not... day in hell.
1: How have I not? How have I not known about this?
0: That's on Netflix too. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, but yeah. Yeah, check it out, but definitely watch *Street Fly* <laughs> on my
1: list as of oh. right now. So, speaking yes. of the fly, <laughs> I actually forgot about this for a second. Um, there's a scene, you know, where Beetlejuice eats a fly, and apparently that was supposed to be like uh, a tribute to the original *Fly* that had been made, um, or I mean, rather the the '80s version. So. Um, Michael Keaton was actually offered the lead role in The Fly in 86, and he turned it down. And when Beetlejuice pulls The Fly underground, you can hear The Fly screaming, help me, help me, which is I guess a line from the, either the original <laughs> or the 80s remake.
0: Yeah, I, I, I want to say it's from the original, but I'm not 100% oh, watch sure it! I haven't seen either of them. But, yeah. <laughs> have to. It's on my list as of right now. <laughs> um, I am all done with my stuff. I just have the budget and the uh, Can what you else? Guess
1: how many I have out. left? So I sure do.
0: <laughs> you have two left.
2: <laughs>
1: so <laughs> just so everybody <laughs> no, knows, that's just a we weird don't plan thing that. that. Keeps happening. <laughs> Um so even though the plot is set in Connecticut the movie was actually filmed in the small town of East Corinth Vermont which uh, there's a small creek which runs through the town that was actually dammed to provide a uh, deeper water for the bridge scene when they drown and the covered bridge uh was built on a chicken farm road near the village the house the Maitland's house's facade was built in a farm field a hundred yards uphill from the bridge for exterior shots and the post office um, the nice building with a bad roof is visible from that field so weirdly enough like more than you'd expect um in those establishing shots is actually there Or Rather, they built it for the movie, but those things did exist, which, you know, obviously practical effects, as we always say, thanks to Blade Runner, (laughs) they uh, yeah, they hold up. They're they're absolutely great.
0: (laughs) They do. And it's really I like when they film on location like that, like they send the B team out to go do principal photography and all that stuff in real locations. So, you can see, like, it looks like every small town, small New England town. Exactly. I can say that because that's where I'm from. (laughs) So, Uh,
1: The last fact I have is, uh, according to Michael Keaton, the Beetlejuice character was described to him by Tim Burton as having lived in every time period, but no time period. And uh, he used this as a jumping off point to create the character, which which with such features as a shock hairdo mold makeup and large teeth and he said that when he first showed the uh, the look as beetlejuice to the set uh, the crew started chanting juice 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 and that got him really excited for the role
0: <laughs> yeah you could tell he had fun he was really? only filming for two weeks i think two and a half weeks that he did? Yeah. The fourteen minutes. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, two and a half I mean, weeks. Isn't each, that crazy? Uh, what football game is only supposed to be like a little over an hour long and they stretch it to like three and a half hours. I don't believe that.
0: Yeah. That's yeah. That's true. Um all right, so this movie, uh if you can tell, I mean the we said the visual budget was only a million dollars. This movie only had about a $15 million budget, um, which isn't a lot. Oh yeah. in by now standards and opening weekend, April 3rd, it pulled in $8 million, which is pretty good. And then it was number one for four, whole month the whole month Hmm. of april it was number one at the box office so it actually made more money uh the second week it made 8.6 million the second week um which is pretty cool and this followed uh good morning vietnam which was number one from january 17th to march 13th (laughs) and then for some reason police (laughs) academy five was number one (laughs) So, um, and then Biloxi Blues was after, was the week after Police Academy, Beetlejuice for four weeks, Colors, which I don't even know what that is, um, Friday the 13th, part seven, (laughs) now this is 1988, and we already had Friday the 13th, yeah, I think the
1: first came out in 81, so. They got to be making those movies like once every year. Yeah.
0: They must have been on eight months <laughs> uh, yeah. like production times. Which is crazy to think about. Um, then you had Willow uh, May 22nd uh, which I've never seen and I <laughs> refuse to see it because it scares me. And then uh,
2: Crocodile
1: Dundee. Oh, Crocodile
0: Dundee. Oh, here's a fun one, though. Uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit was June 26th. It was uh, number one. Then for three weeks, Coming to America was number one. And then Who Framed Roger Rabbit was number one (laughs) again. It was number
1: one, and then like a month later, went back to number one? Yeah. Wow.
0: Yeah. Isn't that cr- it reclaimed its number one and its Someone recommend of that release. movie because I just want to learn crazy. more
2: about
0: it. Right? Yeah, please. I want to know how much <laughs> acting Bob Hoskins <laughs> oh, did by point. himself. Mhm. Um over uh worldwide growth or US gross uh, ended up making 74 million dollars in The U.S. I don't have worldwide numbers. I don't know if it was released worldwide. Um, Usually, don't get that for like older movies. So, but yeah, it was uh, definitely made its money back. I could see why they wanted a sequel. (laughs) Don't know why they would set it in Hawaii. (laughs) I'm sure
1: there's some '80s reason that that plays into that. Still, that's that's a fair return, you know. That's like what four times the initial investment into that movie, something like that.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: What I would really like to see is the breakdown of that budget, like what went to the actors, and like what the actors got, and then what like you yeah. actually had to produce with. You know, I'm sure that could be found somewhere. <laughs> if anyone that knows is where to find that information,
1: searching. shoot us a link. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, you got a website. I, oh, if I you
0: have
1: one, I can look at it. I've got eyes.
0: <laughs> uh, so uh, let's go on to what we give this movie. I, Tim Burton, I think I've I've mentioned this. He can be very hit or miss with me. Uh, oh. Like Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Nope, no desire to ever even go near that. But, like, Mars Attacks, Beetlejuice, um, Sweeney Todd I'm I'm hit or miss with. I like Nightmare Before Christmas, but I like like the first three quarters of it the most. Um, I think he's great, like, with his his practical effects, how he does the movies, like, the vision that he has. I think he's really, really good with that. Um, Everything about this movie, like I said before, comes together almost perfectly. And I think it's a really, really well done made movie. And uh, I'm going to go two thumbs on this one because (laughs) I can't find anything really wrong with this. Everything flows really well.
1: I'll say that this movie, if nothing else, is a lot of fun. Like, I always have a great time watching it. I'm always down to watch it. And most notably, like, uh, when I was growing up, my parents were both, like, pretty religious. And my dad absolutely loves this movie. You know, it's like my mom would be like, ah, okay, Beetlejuice is on. But my dad always, like, if that was on, we were both dropping whatever we were doing and just watching Michael Keaton. Like, that was hilarious so I feel like this movie like you said done really well it won an Oscar for makeup effects and just overall it's a ton of fun and I have to give it two thumbs up because I can't give it any more than that
0: yeah this was this was good I think our October months we got some good movies in there some classics, <laughs> some time pieces, I think. Um, I did move all of the movies over to the regular list and I sent that to you. Sure did. did you put them do you have them in the wheel or anything? Awesome. Um, so yeah, we moved all of the October movies over to the regular list next October. We will or next probably starting in <laughs> August, provided we're still doing this, which I hope we are. We will uh, make a new list or move any over back to that list. Just depends. Um, no emails this week, just uh, just because we've been, I've been busy. That's my fault. So um, I'm going to get on the Twitter and. <laughs> Make sure we get a lot more stuff um, out there. We have three Christmas movies Ooh. ready to go for December, so that'll be fun. We have Home Alone, Home Alone 2, and National Lampoon's Christmas
2: Vacation. Oh, yeah, regardless, which one you are point watch or another, anyway. I will you be watching that.
1: that. And weirdly enough, <laughs> I, I don't remember the reason why, but my wife and I. We, I think two weeks ago watched Home Alone 3 for some reason because we were like the only two people we've ever met that liked that movie.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm not even going to comment on that. We're just going to let that one go. <laughs> and we're going to move on to spinning the wheel. <laughs> so we have our old movies back in there. We have some Still, some of our Halloween movies back in there. So let's uh spin the wheel oh. and see what we get. I'm kind of hoping for Paycheck if or Spice World.
1: <laughs>
0: but my luck, it's going to be like um, where Day. I'm or hoping something. for
1: either Whiplash or The Mask. I think that would make my week. Let's see here. Three, two, one. Wow, okay, so there's so many movies in different colors on this wheel that's gonna give me a seizure.
2: Oof.
0: <laughs> that's like I was doing laundry today, and one of my kids has a striped black and white shirt, much like Beetlejuice, <laughs> but smaller stripes. <laughs> and I was like looking at it, and I'm like, I'm gonna have a seizure. Don't looking say Guys
1: three times. <laughs> uh, okay, we have a winner it is The Big right? Year, which I can't remember.
0: Wait. No, it maybe it, it's Big Fish. Is that what that one is? Yeah. Oh no, hey, that was my friend Doug. <laughs> He's a dummy. <laughs> but <laughs> just kidding, Doug. Um I don't have that Hold up. Uh, that was that. Two thousand eleven one... comedy
1: with yes, Jack Black. Looks like Owen Wilson and Steve Yeah Martin. Okay. I definitely
0: do that. I'm down for a comedy. that one took us by surprise (laughs) i forgot it was on there all right um good it's one neither of us have seen so it'll be good going in uh something new
1: i feel like weirdly enough we don't have very many recent movies which you know not complaining at all it's just i was surprised that this was from 2011
0: yeah so yeah doug we got one of your movies i'm gonna have to find out when where he sent me that and see what he Perfect. said about it and then i'll send it to you <laughs> all right uh i think that's it for this week well thanks for tuning in guys uh, go Next ahead week, and we're take us out
1: the 2011 movie the big year picked for us by doug Remember, you can help select the next movie we watch by emailing the podcast at upickwewatch at gmail.com. Or you can uh, like and follow us on our social media profiles for Facebook or Twitter. As long as you contact us with a movie, we will add it to the list. If you like...
0: You don't even have to say a That's movie. That's
1: yeah. <laughs> say hi and we'll read we're, it. We're lonely in this <laughs> pandemic era. Just say hi. Just... <laughs> give us some contact if you like what yep. you hear um consider giving us a quick five-star <laughs> review i really want to give whoever gave us one a shout out we have a total of five ratings now which is awesome no one's names on there so i can't call you out and thank you on the podcast yeah but you know who you are thank you
0: <laughs> yeah and we appreciate that and thank you to the person Two days ago, who went through and listened to all the episodes. I appreciate that. I love when I see that and people just, it's all whoever that marathon runner is.
1: Thank you. So, thank you. I'm Regan. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Author Regan Brooks.
0: And I'm Jess. You can find me on Twitter at RadMadMal. And uh, again, we appreciate you guys. We love doing this. (laughs) We just have fun, go off on tangents. And uh, if you enjoy it, then, then that's great. We love it. So we'll see you next week, <laughs> and it will be a better schedule going forward. <laughs> so thanks, guys. Stay Watch easy. the movie. Stay let breezy. us know, and uh, we'll see you next week.